Namo tasa bhagavato alahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato alahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato alahato sama sambuddhasa Buddhang dhammang sankhang namasami As everyone knows, this is the uh, full moon day. It's falling on the Wednesday evening, which is the opportunity to listen to a Dhamma talk. The full moon is very inspiring. Uh, First of all, it tells us that one month has passed of the rains retreat. The first month is uh, getting into the practice. It's making that transition from the uh, activities which we were doing before and one would can never look upon one month as a wasted time that this time what, no matter what progress you think you've made or what you uh, have done or haven't done uh, the inclination of each one of you has been towards the Dharma, towards the, the peaceful mind, the clear mind. And whether you think so or not, you have made great progress. And the next couple of months is uh, the opportunity to use the progress made so far and take it into deeper and greater length, at greater levels of the experience of the Dhamma. And the subject of the the talk for this evening is uh, something which will again assist, uh, will push that vehicle along with a bit more ease and power. And it is like the the five, sometimes they call them the controlling faculties, the five indriyas. However, that uh, the most important word of that is the, the controllers, that which like forces the thing along. Uh, the power base of our practice. And without that power base of the practice, one finds that one doesn't go along very smoothly, very fast. One tends to waste time or get stuck. And so, uh, whenever uh, one comes across obstacles, dullness, flatness in one's practice, uh, it's very useful one of those skillful means is useful to look at the five like, uh, controllers, sources of, of power uh, which keep the, uh, the vehicle of practice rolling along. <coughs> and uh, usually look at the first one, uh, sada or faith or confidence. And it's worthwhile, it's, it can be, these five factors can be looked upon as being progressive there's one factor leading to the next. Uh, sometimes, again, that uh, in uh, commentators on Buddhism in the West uh, talk a lot about mindfulness as almost like the central factor of these five spiritual faculties. And uh, I'm to this evening going to uh, put more emphasis on sadha, on the faith or confidence, uh, simply because that. Uh, in my experience, in my understanding, that confidence has to come before mindfulness can be established. 
there is a sense when this is a gradual uh, development of these uh, faculties culminating in wisdom, in Panya, the fifth of the faculties. But let's go back to the sadhali, the faith or the confidence, which is such an important factor uh, in the uh, development towards uh, Nibbāna. And sometimes that, uh, with confidence or with faith, uh, traditionally, or not traditionally, this is actually in the suttas, it says to be balanced with wisdom and with panya. And because of in the, for Westerners especially, we've got a great fear of sadhar or faith because of our upbringing and the conditions which uh, we've met religions in the past. We just have a sense of a fear of faith, even to the point where people will discard the faith and just try and go straight to panya or wisdom. But they usually find that it's not really true wisdom, it's just one's own ideas and speculations. Because one hasn't gone through this process whereby uh, faith or confidence, once it arises, gives uh, the grounds for, for energy to arise, which gives the grounds for mindfulness to be established, which give rise to samadhi becoming established, which gives rise to the panya, the wisdom. You can't jump. And uh, when I say these things are progressive, it doesn't mean that when we develop something like uh, confidence that we abandon it later on for wisdom. It's not as if that wisdom is greater than, than uh, confidence. Uh, because as you all know that once panya, the wisdom, that wisdom which like sees the Dhamma, which sees the three characteristics of existence in their entirety, which sees the Four Noble Truths fully, that uh, Dhamma Chakapawatana Sutta, which we just chanted, the First Noble Truth is Parinyata Bhang. Anyata Bhang is to be known, Pari means all around, thoroughly. So we thoroughly known not partially known, not 90% known, but thoroughly, all the way around, peri nyatabang. And uh, once of uh, that, this is the, the wisdom which we're developing to know the Four Noble Truths all the way around completely. But once that is achieved, once we know the Four Noble Truths all the way around, once we understand the true meaning of Paticca Samuppada, dependent origination, three characteristics. The result of that is unshakable faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. So it is not as if that once wisdom is established one discards the faith or the confidence. Rather it just uh, solidifies that confidence, that faith, until the faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha is perfect, fulfilled unshakable. But the, when we talk about faith or confidence, it's not just faith in the Buddha, Dharma and the Sangha. Uh, certainly it includes these things, but there's other things which includes as well, such as, and this important thing which I like to stress here, it's the faith in the path, it's included in the faith in the Dharma, the faith in the path that this practice does actually lead to enlightenment. 
and secondly the faith in one's ability to follow that path. I point out these things because sometimes these are the two uh, focuses of confidence which are lacking in some practitioners and their lack is a great obstacle to further progress. Uh, obviously that men, I expect everyone who is here to have faith in the Buddha in the, to the point where that one has this confidence that the Buddha was fully enlightened, that uh, he did teach the Dharma perfectly. And I was mentioning to someone uh, a few days ago, but if one has like perfect sadha, perfect confidence in the Buddha, then I would follow his teachings. That's the result of perfect confidence. For example, I was uh, saying to this person a few days ago that, that now if you had perfect confidence in the Anapanasati Sutta, for example, which is very clear, then you would follow the Anapanasati Sutta step by step, meticulously, without jumping up and down and, and going too fast. Stage by stage, step by step. It's sometimes because we haven't got that full confidence in the Buddha and his teachings, we sometimes invent our own teachings and we follow those instead. It is actually a sign of a lack of full confidence in the great teacher and in the Dhamma which the Buddha taught. And once that confidence is established, then one will find that uh, because that the task we have as Buddhist uh, monks, monastics, is to gain this enlightenment, that uh, we will look to the Buddha and his teachings as a source for inspiration, guidance, for the tips on how to reach that goal, rather than elsewhere. And obviously, if one is looking elsewhere, then Again, that will be a great obstacle to following this path which the Buddha proclaimed. It also helps to have faith in the teachers as well. The, those who are the Aryapugalas. Because the Aryapugalas from the stream enterer, the once-returner, non-returner and the Arahat are those who having seen that same Dhamma can explain further the, the Dhamma of the Buddha. And it's these Aryapugalas, which are the, uh, the great sources of uh, inspiration and illumination in the world. Because even if you have just the Buddha's teachings, the Dhamma, the Tripitaka, and even if you read it in Pali, let alone the translations in English or in Thai, you get all sorts of strange ideas of what this Dhamma is meaning. People can read the same passage and they can interpret it in different ways. And because of that, that, sometimes we do need the examples and the words of the Aryas, the Aryapugas, the Kuba Ajan, as we say in Thailand, to give you that extra guidance, that extra inspiration, that extra illumination. If one has faith in those people, confidence in those people, then one will save a great deal of time wasting uh, opportunities by going on roundabout paths, 
which do not lead anywhere. But in particular, that in that aspect of the, the path we call like meditation, and calming the mind down, one does need the confidence that, for example, that jhana is worthwhile, the Buddha taught jhana, praised jhana, uh, made the jhana a, an integral part of the path, an important part of the path. If we don't have that confidence and faith, then all of the uh, wise words about how to achieve jhana, all of the effort which you do, will not bring any result. If there's something inside of us which thinks, well, maybe it's not necessary. You haven't got like faith in the importance confidence in the importance of jhana, then there's no way you will attain it. And uh, certainly you know that uh, the way I read the, uh, the Tripitaka, I can uh, tell you that the Kuba Ajahn of Thailand, whether it's Ajahn Mahabur, Ajahn Chah, praise and encourage jhanas. If you don't believe me in that, you can ask uh, the other monks here who have spent some time with Ajahn Chah and uh, I will say that I spent uh, more time with Ajahn Chah than any of you here in the years when I was there I'm talking about the time when he was teaching when he was able to explain these things and uh, these monks encourage this practice they praise it it's an important part so it's uh, necessary to have this faith, this confidence, until you know yourself that jhana is important. If you're already in arahat and you found out that jhana isn't necessary, then fine. But up to this point, one should have confidence in the importance of quietening the mind down. It's not just jhana. The whole of the eightfold path needs to be developed. Not sevenfold, sixfold, fivefold, fourfold, threefold, twofold, or onefold, but eightfold path. As we just chanted in the Dhammachakkapawatana Sutta, this eightfold path, Bhaveta Bhang, should be developed. But one of the biggest obstacles which uh, I come across teaching this. Uh, uh, Buddha Dhamma is the lack of confidence people have in their own ability to achieve jhanas. And this becomes a great obstacle. I was just contemplating this this evening that uh, a few days ago we had this letter from a monk in a monastery in Burma uh, giving all sorts of amazing um, claims that uh, so many monks were achieving this and so many monks were achieving that. And it could be true. Now, certainly that I know that other um, uh, rising stars who sometimes fade very quickly, sometimes those rising stars, uh, meditation teachers, where people get very excited about these attainments, which are supposed to to be very easy under this teacher at this place. When you go there, and you practice with these people, 
that uh, you may doubt their attainments, but your meditation is much better, much improved. And I'm sure that uh, anyone who goes to a place like that monastery in Burma, that your meditation will be better for the one reason that your faith, your sadhar, in your own abilities will be increased when you hear so many other people attaining these states. If it wasn't against the vinya, I'd even ask all the senior monks to say that they all got jhanas because then all the junior monks would get inspired and they probably will get the jhanas as a result of that confidence. It's just this way the mind works. And the sadhar is very strong and the lack of sadhar is very strong. The lack of this confidence. It's probably one of the, the biggest blocks, the biggest obstacles in anyone attaining these jhanas. It's uh, somebody uh, many months ago told me in Nolamara that uh, there's a very simple technique of uh, people just beginning meditation on the breath who have very great difficulty meditating on the breath. A very easy technique which was, was very um, successful for those uh, lay people when they were told to meditate on the breath. They say, I can't watch the breath the technique was just say, well, it doesn't matter if you can't watch the breath, just imagine you can. And they found they could watch the breath. Just imagine you can watch the breath. And you find you can watch the breath. Okay, this range retreat, just imagine you can enter jhana. Just imagine it's possible and see what happens doesn't matter how many years you've been a monk, doesn't matter what's happened so far in your life as a monk, doesn't matter if you haven't even got within a mile of jhana in all these years of hard practice, doesn't matter, just imagine from now on that you can. Because with that confidence, with that faith, with that encouragement, you find it's possible. And without that confidence, without the inspiration, then you are setting up the block which stops you. The mind is very strong. Uh, psychiatrists, psychologists know just the suggestion in the mind, how powerful it is. Once a person convinces themselves it's not important or I can't do it, the two usually go together, then it means that they have put the block in. If you have the confidence of faith, it's only a matter of time. Imagine you can watch the breath. And you can watch it. Imagine that, that you have the whole breath in mind. Imagine what it's like. And there it is. Imagine you're getting a samadhi nimitta coming up. Just imagine it. And that imagination will turn into reality in a short time. Imagine entering into these jhana states. And these things start to happen. If it's not the true jhana, it's pretty close sometimes. And with a decent teacher, they should be able to turn that imaginary thing into the reality of a jhana. Because remember, when we're talking about jhana states, samadhi states, these are things of the mind. The mind creating these things according to causes. And this is just using one of these powers of the mind, this faith, this confidence, which can do amazing things. Faith can move mountains. It can also move hindrances as well.
which are much tougher than mountains sometimes. So we can use like Sadar as a skillful means. There is there's one book in the library up there which uh, I haven't read for quite a few years. It just comes to mind at the moment, the Manual of a Mystic. It's like an old meditation manual from Sri Lanka. Most of it doesn't make much sense to me, but one thing I do remember was at the very beginning of the meditation, one was asked to remember all those arahats. It was written by a Sri Lankan monk all, uh, about a hundred years or more ago. Remember all those arahats in the island of Sri Lanka were no different than you. Each one of those had a body, had a mind, a brain, two arms, a nose, exactly the same as you. And they sat down and meditated and gained these states and they got full enlightened, they were arahats. Not one, not ten, not a hundred, thousands, tens of thousands. And the point of that contemplation was to give the confidence, the faith in one's own ability, just as those arahats, so myself. And sometimes we think, oh, that I haven't got the paramita, I haven't got the accumulated good karma from the past. How do you know? It's only if you have got jhanas, you can read your past lives, you've got an, uh, a way of knowing how much paramita or good karma you've got. Just take it on faith. But you have got enough. It's just a matter of, as Ajahn Titiniano once said, of, of trying to find the key to unlock it all. And that key is sada, confidence and faith in the path and your ability to walk that path, in your ability to concentrate the mind and make it peaceful, in your ability to watch the breath. Sometimes that we start a meditation, I just can't watch the breath. It's lack of confidence, lack of faith. It just uh, whether it's uh, at work, whether it's uh, playing a sport, whether it's giving a talk, whatever is doing, confidence just plays such an important part in the success of what you're doing. If you believe you can do it, you can do it. If you doubt, you will fall and fail. So it's that confidence which is well known in, in uh, ordinary daily activity which brings success is also necessary in one's own meditation. And sometimes, I was again saying this to someone recently, that lay people go on these ten-day retreats and some of them get, if not in jhana, at least close to jhana. And here we are monks, some many years, we've got a three-month retreat. We haven't got all of that uh, background of the, the lay person. Why can't we do it? Because of the lack of confidence in ourselves. Especially if you've been a monk for a few years, because you didn't do it the last range retreat or the range retreat before. There's this block in there thinking, well it's not really, it's hard or it's difficult or it's not possible. Just change the mindset, have that confidence that jhana is easy. All these monks are attaining jhana. All these people have become arahats. Why not me? And with that 
changing of the mindset, you're taking away that hindrance of doubt, which is sometimes very deeply hidden in the mind, so one doesn't truly see it. It's a hindrance which is blocking the unification of the mind, the achievement of those jhanas. Take out that hindrance with the power of faith, with confidence. Once you have the confidence and the faith, this is possible. You find that energy comes up, the second of these powers, or these um, con controlling forces of the mind. From faith, confidence is possible. The next thing the mind does is say, right, let's go for it. If it's impossible, there's no way you gain the, the energy required to walk that path and reach its goal. Uh, and sometimes if you lack energy, if you're sleeping too much or you're too dozy and drowsy, look whether it's a lack of confidence and faith in what you're doing. That's why with the Idipadas, you know, the four uh, roads to success or sources of power which achieve success, you know, you do first of all need the the uh, the goal, and that goal you have to believe you can achieve that goal. You have to have confidence in your ability, and the reachability of that goal. And then you have energy. I mean, all those monks who are in that place in Burma and these other places where uh, all these magical uh, attainments, all these amazing attainments, are supposed to be achieved. I mean, you have much greater energy in those places to practice. Not just the number of times you sit and the length of time you sit, but the amount of energy you put into every moment while you do sit. When there's a lot of energy there, you say, right, this is it, I'm going to really sit today. This is my goal, I really want to achieve this, I can achieve this, I'm going to imagine I can achieve this. I'm going to, I might as well uh, uh, imagine it can be achieved, otherwise why am I a monk, I'm wasting my time. If deep down I believe this thing is just all impossible. So I'm going to take it, take it on, on faith that it's possible. And you find that this is the cause, or is a great cause for the arousing of energy. You got your goal there, and the wearier arises. And if that you know, life is just and the monastery is going by and it's dragging along, sometimes it's because there's a lack of faith in one's own ability, or lack of faith in the goal. So bring up that confidence, bring up that faith. People are doing this, people are achieving these states, and there's nothing different between them and you. To say that oh, some people are born with these great uh, store of uh, parameter in the past. Look at uh, some of the people in the time of the Buddha who became enlightened. You know, that you got this like, what is uh, Patalachara, you know, this uh, lady who lost all her husband and her children, who went crazy. It's completely out of her mind. And uh, she you know, became fully enlightened. Uh, in some of the teachings of uh, so-called Buddhists in the West, she would have to go under for many years of therapy before she could even start doing meditation. But, of course, that was not necessary, because she had that confidence in the Buddha as Angulimala or any of these other people, they had such great confidence and faith in the Buddha. 
that it became possible. So one gains or one has this, this confidence and as a result the energy starts to arise. But sometimes that after one month of practice, if some of you haven't got as great results as you wanted yet, be careful you don't let that faith and confidence in your ability slide. Because once it does start to slide and you think, well I just can't do this, it's impossible, it can't be done, maybe other people, maybe just some people are just born uh, with jhana. You know, when they're sort of in the mother's womb, they sit cross-legged and just great rays come out of the mother's womb. If you start thinking like that, you find that you just give up. And if you give up, you're not allowing this path to work. Remember, this is a path which leads in one direction, now to Nibbana, to... What does it lead? It leads to uh, uh, Upasamaya, Abhinyaya, Nirodaya, Sambodaya, Sangvatanti. It leads to Upasama. This is a quiet states of mind. The peaceful states of mind, the Samatha states of mind. Upasama, Abhinyaya, to full knowledge, wisdom. Abhinyaya, uh, I've got it all mixed up, but never mind. Niroda, cessation. And also Sambodaya to enlightenment. This is where all this leads. And it leads in this direction. As long as one follows the path, that's where you will end up. It's just a matter of time. According to the strength of the defilements, according to the power of the faculties. How quickly you get there. But you do get there. I mean, the Buddha said there's like four, uh, there's four ways to achieve the goal. One is like uh, slow with suffering, the other one is slow uh, without suffering, one is fast with suffering, one is fast with happiness. There's only four ways, there's not a fifth way, which is not at all. You didn't say there was that fifth way, but the other way is you don't reach a, the task at all. You always reach the task, you reach the goal, it just depends on how. So that develops the energy. And once you have that confidence, then you find you can do amazing things. That if ever you have the opportunity of going to a very inspiring teacher and listen to a beautiful discourse, it just gives you so much inspiration and confidence. And then you find your level of samadhi increases that evening or over the next few days. You find you can do it. That's one of the great uh, uh, benefits of being with someone like Ajahn Chah or going to stay with Ajahn Mahabur or Ajahn Ben or any of these other great teachers. But, you know, your meditation is just much better there because they inspire you with confidence that it can be done. There's a living example there of how it can be done. Why not me? Why not you? It gives you the energy there. You find that once you have the energy in the practice. You're putting forth energy in every moment when you're watching the breath, when you're practicing. You find that that's when sati can arise and be established. It's only when there's a lack of energy that uh, sati, this mindfulness and the memory of what of the Dhamma, of what needs to be done. It's only then that this sati is very weak and muggy, as if one lives in a cloud. And that 
mugginess, that cloudiness of mindfulness where you're not really sure what's going on is a very, actually very painful way to exist. It's a, it's a form of dukkha, you know, the slothfulness of the mind. Because you know you want to, to try and uh, do something useful and you find you can't. And if you can't gain that sort of that, that mindfulness throughout the day or especially in the meditation, go back to sadha, bring up energy and see if one can establish mindfulness stronger in that way. Know the causes which give rise to these things. And you find it's much easier to develop the sati, the mindfulness in one's meditation. If it's mindfulness on the breath, then the confidence it can be done, the energy which comes up means you start to watch the breath in every moment. And the confidence is uh, very useful for those of having difficulty in watching the breath. To have the faith in that teaching, all you need to do is watch one breath, the breath happening now. And that sort of beautiful teaching of just in the present moment, the Pachupanna Dhamma. If I have confidence in that teaching and just stay in the present moment with the breath, you find it can be done. Can you watch the breath now? In this moment, yeah, I can do this. You see, it's possible. And that confidence it can be done, you find it is done. The mindfulness can stay on the breath when you think it's possible. If you think this is beyond my reach, I've been doing this for so many years, I'm not going to do it now. That's why you can't do it now. So you gain the sadha, the confidence that you can watch the breath. You gain the confidence that uh, you can remember the Dhamma, you can remember the instructions, you know what to do. Ima if you imagine you can do these things, then you find you can. And that will give rise to samadhi. Remember in the way I'm uh, explaining the, the five indriyas this evening, I'm talking them in the way of them being sequential. Now once you have this confidence that it can be achieved, you've got the energy, the mindfulness is established, you find that samadhi happens. The mind does become unified. It starts to sustain its attention on its object, whether that's the breath or the samadhi nimitta or the jhana factors themselves. You find it's possible, it can be done, it is done. Of course, that sati is such an important factor which gives rise to this samadhi. This full awareness in the moment of what's happening with the breath. So you fully feel it wherever it's manifesting in the moment. You fully feel it and the, the guard is on the mind, that aspect of sati which guards the mind, which uh, looks after and protects it. So you don't... Uh, it's a sati, not yourself, not the, the ego, not the puru, but the sati, which functions to uh, guard the mind and not allow the mind to wander off. It's always reminding itself, stay with the breath, stay with the breath. 
Don't get interested in these thoughts. Don't pay attention to the sounds outside. Leave the body alone. It will look after itself. Stay with the breath. Stay with the breath. Center the attention on the breath. Uh, let go of the internal commentary. This is the, the words of sati, of mindfulness, which also brings with it the memory of the teachings you've heard in the past. And your confidence in those teachings makes them firm. It means that they uh, do their work in the practice of meditation. And with that full mindfulness, with the energetic mind, with a confident mind, that that will lead one way only, into jhanas. And once it starts to lead into samadhi, once the, the power of samadhi, the ability to sustain the attention on, first of all, coarse objects, then finer objects, then very refined objects, just mind objects. In a jhana you're looking at the mind, release. These are states of vimuti, according to the way the Buddha described them. Uh, sorry, um, vimoka. Vimoka means like still release, the eight vimokas, the jhana states. Then vimoka means again like freedom, release. The mind is released. And so you can see like the mind as it truly is. When it's not caught up with the, the world of the external five senses. It is like sometimes in science, you have to isolate something before you can see its properties. When it's all mixed up with other things, you can't really sort of know it truly and fully. When it's isolated, and then you can do your experiments on that substance and find out its nature. You isolate the mind from the world of the five senses. It gives invaluable data to the meaning of suffering, to the meaning of impermanence, to the meaning of non-self. Is invaluable data. And just even in the states themselves, let alone what it does to the mind afterwards, when one emerges from a jhana state, the power and, the, and the, the clarity of the mind. But also, once one gets into a samadhi state, like a jhana, then the panya arises, the panya that this is possible, this is a jhana, this is what the Buddha was talking about, this is what the Buddha did when he sat under the Bodhi tree just before he came enlightened. Your confidence in the value of the jhana becomes unshakable through wisdom, through panya. You know what these states are and it means your confidence, your sadha in these becomes extremely strong. Not only that, your confidence in yourself. You find it was justified. You can do these things. If ever you do, or when you do, this range retreat sometimes, when you get into a jhana, they give you so much confidence and faith in the Dhamma, in the teaching, because you're treading in the footsteps of the Buddha. You're treading in the footsteps of the Arahat. You're getting into the uh, Uttari Manusa Dhamma. These are the, the things which are above the ordinary human beings. You're leaving that world of the ordinary human beings. And you're getting into the Uttari Manusa Dhamma. This is the, the state of further beings. You're practicing the Adichitta 
But the further development of the mind practice by developing these jhanas. And you're experiencing them. And they're powerful and they're beautiful. They're inspiring. You're getting your first taste of, of where the areas abide. Mara is blindfolded in these places, as the suttas say. These are great achievements and they're possible for you. You're monks. You've gone forth in the dispensation of a Buddha. You've got all the requisites necessary, the vinaya, the sila, the teachings, the place. It's possible. And once you achieve these things, the wisdom, the understanding, the full knowledge of what these states are is manifest. And your confidence in the teachings and your abilities. You get first jhana, why not second? Why not third? Why not Sotabana, Sakadagami, Anagama, Arahat? As the Buddha said in the Pasadika Sutta, a person who lives attached, and I use the word attachment for Anu Yoga or Anu Yuta, a person who lives attached to the four jhanas, four things can be expected. There are four anisangsa or benefits to be expected. The Sotapanna, Sakadagami, Anagami or Arahat. One of those four. He did not include Putichana and the things to be expected from uh, practicing the four jhanas. That's what the Buddha said. The confidence should come up that if one dwells with these things, live with these things, develops these things, all of these marvelous further attainments would also come in the wake. And if this is a confidence, if one has a confidence in the teachings of the suttas, or confidence in the teachings of the Kuba, Ajahn, the Arya Pugala in Thailand, so we start to get the, the, this, this faith that this is the powerful path. And once you achieve even one of these jhanas, sometimes even if you get a sniff of a jhana, then you just know what we're talking about here. This is powerful, this is amazing stuff, this is awesome. This is where Mara is blindfolded. This is the way to Sambodhi, as the Buddha said in the Mahasattaka Sutta, in the Majjhima He had the insight when he reflected on his time under the rose apple tree. Perhaps this is the way, the Magga, to Sambodhi. And the insight came to him, yes, this is the Magga to Sambodhi Jhana. And that's the way he went, and that's what happened to him. He came fully enlightened as a Buddha. And the wisdom will come to oneself once one has achieved these states. If one hasn't achieved these states, it's not called wisdom. Wisdom is direct experience. All knowledge through experiential knowledge, through experience of these states. You understand why samadhi gives rise to panya. The wisdom, and the wisdom is, is probably the most powerful of all of the uh, faculties. And especially when it's allied with, with jhana. It says in the Dharmapada, nati jhana apanyasa panya nati ajayato yamhi janang panya cha yamhi janang cha panya cha sawe nibbana santike 
There is no jhana without wisdom, there's no wisdom without jhana. But in one who has both jhana and wisdom, jhana and panya, they are in the presence of nibbana, santikai, in the presence of nibbana. So this is with wisdom and with jhana, you're in the presence of nibbana. It's just a matter of time before the three characteristics of existence are fully penetrated and your confidence is rewarded, your faith is rewarded. There's many similes of just how the practice happens. The simile of like just water drops in in a big tub of water, a big jar of water. On the outside you can't see just how many drops are in that water jar and how many more drops it takes before it all overflows. Whether it's empty or whether it's just two or three drops from fullness, it looks the same to the Putuchana. You don't know how close you are to jhana. You don't know how close you are to any of the Lokutara dhammas, the stream enterer and above just a little bit, just beyond. I gave a, a, a simile sort of uh, in town uh, many times, I'm sure I've given it here, of when I was uh, walking in the north coast of Scotland as a young man, and it's a beautiful sunny day and the ocean was glorious, and just really getting high on the beauty of all this, and then seeing a car parked by the side of a road and thinking the person had also stopped to look at the ocean, but when I went past the car it was a man reading a newspaper. One of these big newspapers which was so big it blocked the view of the beautiful ocean. The ocean was just less than, only a few millimetres, the other side of the newspaper. But with the eye scanning, the sport, the politics, the wars of the world, the finances, with his eye scanning that, you could not see what just lies beyond. And that's a very accurate simile from how far jhana is, just the other side of just discursive thought. It's the, the worldly matters, the world of the five senses, which is what newspapers describe. It's the other side of that. And the trouble is we only know how to look left and right, we don't know how to punch a hole through the newspaper through sadha, through faith, through energy, through sati, through samadhi, through panya. Now, people became enlightened very quickly in the time of the Buddha. You got people like Bahia, just heard a, a teaching and got enlightened. And people getting enlightened all, all over the place sometimes. <laughs> because it's not that far, it's not that distance, it's the other side of this newspaper that newspaper is thin. So have the confidence that you're always close. Put forth that just little bit of extra effort through confidence, that little bit of extra sati, a little bit of extra samadhi, panya. You find all these things happen. That's why these things are called controlling faculties. If they're there, it controls the path and you find the path is achieved. If they're weak, you just waste a lot of time. If they're not there at all, you're just going the opposite direction or just standing still.
the five controlling faculties, starting with the sada or the confidence of faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, in the teachings, the Kuba Ajahn, and also the faith in one's own ability. And hearing of other people's attainments gives that faith that these things can be achieved. Look at some of these other people who have achieved these states. They're no different from you, sometimes even more stupid than you. They're lazier than you. If they can do it, why can't I? So that's my talk this evening on the five spiritual faculties, the five indriyas. Are there any comments or questions on the talk this evening? <coughs>